ever have a dream of going back to the wild, wild west and facing that frontier courageously? You know, some say we can't go back in time. But today, I'm here to prove you wrong. Stay tuned, and you're going to hear all about it. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Terry Summers Podcast. One of the thrills of my life in doing this podcast is visiting with people. I know you hear me say this all the time, but I love it. I love it. It is so fulfilling and it reaches places in me that just really nothing else can. That combined with these unique opportunities that pop up, like the one that today's episode is made of, I through Facebook, probably like the rest of you, have rekindled friendships from my high school days. And this episode is like a secret gift that was hiding and waiting for me. The two brothers that I feature today that I somewhat grew up in and around in school, Tommy and Mark Dominic, came back into my life through Facebook. And what they do and what they share of themselves on social media caught my attention because it was just stunning and beautiful, the pictures that they have up. And it is a telling of a story that is older than you and me. The wild, wild west. These brothers have a lovely story and history of how they have arrived where they are today. But they are preserving and living in the middle of kind of probably every kid's dream to some extent. The beautiful thing about their journey is that they have evolved through it personally in ways that fulfill their lives. They are courageous, creative, and they are in the middle of making friends and living out a world that's very dear and beautiful in its history with one another. And those friends have become family. And as I have just had the pleasure to spend time with them in this opportunity of a podcast episode, I found that the blessing of friendship transforms into family very quickly if we're fortunate enough to let it and allow for that. And I feel that's what happened through this podcast for me. I think you're going to love it. I am so drawn to it. I hope you appreciate the photos that I have used to advertise for it. But before I go, I just want you to close your eyes for a minute. Go meaning as in hand it over to them. Just close your eyes for a minute and go back to a simpler time. Clear your mind of technology and phones and appointments and settle in for some really great storytelling. 
So y'all, I have someone here with me. You know, I always have someone here with me when you're sitting with me mostly. Um, but this is one of the coolest experiences I think I've had yet since I've launched this podcast. Um, I am not a huge fan or uh, creature that leans towards social media, but boy, has it brought me a blessing uh, in rekindling some relationships. And I know you guys know what I'm talking about. That's one of the best things about Facebook. But I have with me here someone from my high school days and soon to be his brother's going to join us in a moment. And Tommy Dominic and Mark Dominic are brothers. And I have been sort of tracing them and following them recently in the past year for some super cool reasons. But just prior to pressing record, I've had one of the best conversations with Tommy and he has given me just a little bit of a look into his uh, history of what has him here. And when I say here, I mean, Arizona, Tommy, you are a resident of Tucson, Arizona, where the wild, wild west really lives. And tell us, remind me and tell our audience a little bit about your trek to Arizona and what all that sort of as has for you. How long have you been here again? Remind me. Um, I've been in Arizona almost 30 years. Um, it was based on a move, a relocation from uh, Montclair. And uh, uh, we, we moved here. And at first I was, I was reluctant. Uh, there was a lot of, there was a lot of homesickness. It was, it, it was going from a faster life to a slower life and at the time tucson was still was a much smaller uh city than it is today so yeah yeah definitely and you were saying that there was something that uh that at once you were here you were drawn to the openness the of wide open, some of yes. it, the wide openness and as you were sharing with me earlier a lot of that kind of comes by way of of some time living and spent with your father. Do you want to give us just a thumbnail of his history? Because what I see of you on Facebook are these beautiful photos of you, your brother, and a lovely band of friends, I'm going to take it, a band of brothers and sisters um, that are dressed and recreating, in my mind anyway, these pictures of the Wild West and Western living and the life of a cowboy and the life of um, uh, of someone of open spaces. So when you said you were drawn to the open spaces, I'm like, okay, so let me get that full circle because you're living so much of that out right now, which I want to get to. But tell us a little bit about what what hooks you, uh, like a hook in the mouth of the wild spaces, open spaces, excuse me. Well, it, you know, really, I have a lot that I owe to my dad. You know, he, he was a Western artist and uh, he sold, basically sold his art out of the trunk of his car. And as a result, we, we traveled a lot uh, to all places like Yellowstone and the Nash, all the national parks in the West, uh, the battle, the battlefields, uh, the, um, uh, galleries, art galleries, uh, trading posts, uh, thing, uh, places like that. And so my dad 
had this, my dad had a love for the American Indian. He just, anything about the American Indian, my dad loved. He, he, he often felt that in society, they were underrepresented or when, when they were represented, they were, it was always a caricature, a, a caricature of what he thought. He thought it was a caricature and he thought that they needed to be represented as they are. You know, so in the art that he created, he wanted to create that the splendor and the humanity within the people, our I, native people here. I love it. And so, one of the things he would he would he made sure to pass that on to Mark and I. You know, he would tell us stories uh, of of their way of life. Uh, he's told us stories of the frontier, the of the the battles that took place and 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 uh, just as the the westward expansion as it was coming to to fruition and stuff, which I I think my dad kind of he he didn't go into great detail about that, but the one thing he did like like I was telling you earlier, up in when we were kids we had no idea of what you know. We had really no idea of the, the state of affairs within Native American society. As far as Mark and I were concerned, they were still living in teepees. They were still hunting buffalo on the plains. And so we were always on, we, when we were sitting there in the car going, you know, hundreds of miles across the, some prairie, we were looking for them. We were expecting uh, across a grassy plain to see, uh, to, you know, to see a traveling band of Indians, uh, you know, on horseback, you know, <laughs> we were always on the lookout. And so, sometimes he would say, look, you know, there would be a line of juniper trees on a ridge line, And he would say, look, there's the mini conju nation, you know, <laughs> and we'd like, we'd be all like looking at, <laughs> you know, and he was like that, you know, he wanted us to know, he wanted us to know. So, from that, it never the love, the love of that history, the love of that time in uh, in life never le left Marker and myself. You know, we 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 it it was just indelibly marked within our hearts. And so when I got to the point where I started to read up on it, it wasn't just enough to read up on it. I had to experience that. I had to know what it was like. I had to know what it was like to be in the middle of nowhere and to sleep out on the ground, you know? And uh, so that, that's been a, to sum it up, that's, that was a huge motivating factor. So when, as I came out here, just prior to coming out here, I was already prepping for that. I was already like, I, I was, uh, I was making my own clothes, uh, I, I, I got, I made a pair of buckskin uh, trousers and a shirt and, you know, I got, I got a blanket, a wool blanket and uh, other, other equipment, a flint and steel. So, you And know, this came from the, this, obviously you educated yourself and it came from your research. Yes. Yeah. So, so when you found yourself in Arizona, which I'm sure lends itself greatly to a lot of this what then 
how did you see this transition happening to where it is manifested now? And explain to me even what happens on a given yeah. weekend or whatever, you know, I'm not real sure I grasp all of that. All I know is I love everything I see. It's like, it's like seeing these pieces of, of life come back, you know, from, you know, it has a very film feeling to it, but mm -hmm. even more than that, something much more authentic, if I dare say, I know sometimes that word is kind of creepy because we can overuse it, but sure, it has sure. that feeling when I see your, your stuff and I don't even know what I'm calling it, but fill it in for me. Um, one of the, th one of the thing when I got, when I first got situated in Arizona, I went and got a muzzle loader. Uh, I got a Hawken rifle. And when I was there, I, I noticed, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, the old way of, of join our club, uh, where they put a piece of paper and you would just tear off the tab with a phone number. Yes. Well, there was a rendezvous going on, you know, and I knew, I knew of rendezvous. I never really got into depth of what a rendezvous was until I started reading about it. And it was a gathering of the frontiersmen. Okay. Sell their wares, you know. Okay. So there was one going on in uh, at Tabletop Mountain, just just uh, just I think it's south and west of Casa Grande today. Yep. And uh, so I said, "Oh, I gotta go. I gotta go." It was a rendezvous, a real rendezvous, you know. So I get all my gear and I get all dressed up and I haul out there in my car. And the first night, I get lost. I'm hopelessly, I'm on a dirt road that I have no business being on, <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere. <gasps> and I get lost. Tom. I have no way to know, you know, I, I, I know where North is. So I spend the night out there, my first night out there, outside of the car. I'm wrapped up in my blankets. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, I'll, I'll just, I guess I'll just backtrack in the morning, you know. So in the morning i woke up and i got on my car stood on my car and in the distance i could see smoke fires fire from cook fires i go oh there they are so i continued down there and i stumble upon where the rendezvous site is out there and the first person i meet was an old timer his name was yellow hand he he's a he's a book in and of himself i mean this guy he was the real deal. And the first thing he says to me is, is are you going to get them buckskins dirty? You know, they were shiny clean. His were all <laughs> greasy, you know. And he goes, you come, he goes, you, you can stay in my camp. You can stay where I'm, you know, where I'm bedded down, right? So I developed a friendship with him. Okay. From this moment on. And that first night, the second night, actually, when I sat around the fire with everybody, I got to know everybody, and he was telling me things how to, you know, I mean, the guy, you know, that that whole group of people, you have to beat them off with a stick to get them <laughs> to to not pass anything on, right? Okay, my, my, you know, I'm like, it's coming out my ears now, you know? <laughs> And uh, so he was telling me how to camp, how to stay warm. And for the next four years, I learned under him. Now, this guy, he, when he got out, he got out of the war sometime after the Korean War, I think it was. Oh, wow. He had a pension. He built a cabin in Snowflake, Arizona. But he rarely stayed there. 
Really? He went from one end to Arizona to the other with the season and lived out there. Wow. Literally. And from it was his knowledge and the knowledge of a of of others that were uh I could think Cold Char, Hopi, those guys. Uh, I learned how to live out in the wilderness, which was right up my alley because when I that that silent prayer was, you know, it's it's not enough to read about this. I want to learn on I want to learn about it firsthand. Came to fruition through these guys. They I learned how to stay out there. So for four years, that's what I did. Um, anytime I got a chance, I was out in some wide open place in Arizona, whether it was the Blue Wilderness, whether it was the Pinnells, whether it was uh, north of Flagstaff, uh, Sedona, you know, the Sierra Ancas. And often I would solo. I would go on my own, on my own hook. And uh, and it was, I had to take care of myself. This was the days before cell phones or any kind Goodness of gracious. Yeah. I had no idea about this. I'm like riveted. Like I, I can't, I'm hanging on your every word. Go ahead. So, you know, so I learned to what it was like for somebody to be on their own. And then there would be happy times when, hey, we're having another rendezvous. And then everybody from all parts of Arizona would show up. Now, a lot of these guys are, are long gone now. They were old timers, you know. And so another thing I was into, this is kind of an off thing of that, but was music music I've, I've been a working musician since uh since i left california oh wow in fact we got we have a couple of friends in common in that so we do yes Who? i believe you know uh cheryl and vince oh my gosh yeah you're like family you know them yeah mm -hmm. get out of town tommy yeah mm-hmm yep so cool. Yeah, Cheryl was in my first wedding and no, we're we see each other often. Now I played in his guitarists, the original guitarist, Michael Bruce's band, as his keyboardist and his bass player. You yeah. were as his keyboardist and his bass player? Yeah, Michael Bruce's, yeah. My God. And that's how I got to know Vince and Cheryl and Shep, you know. Oh my goodness. In fact, I played Christmas pudding in 2006, his Christmas pudding benefit. I did his very first, his very first wow. benefit. Yeah, yeah see, I did. so there's, you know. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I can't so that believe was it. The mountain man thing. So to, to get into the present, there was a time like where I did those four years of wilderness trekking and, and living. And then. I was in Sanager Creek near the Empire Sanager Ranch there. I was camping on there one night and I was sitting around the fire by myself and I says to, you know, it was, it was time to just shell this for, for the time being. Okay. Shell this and get back into music. Well, that's what I did. I came back. I, I, you know, I hung up the spurs. I hung up the buckskins, you know, put away all the gear and, and, and then there was this long period of time where I just worked solid as a musician here locally. And then, then I got into Michael's band and towards the end of it, 
I'd, I'd pretty much had enough, you know, I just, you know, uh, I got into teaching and then I says, I've got to go back out there. Teaching in what capacity, Tommy? Um, I teach at a private music school, uh, here in Tucson. Super cool. Yeah. Very and, cool. Uh, so I had to get reacquainted. It had been years, you know, and, and even though there, I mean, playing music is in the at the pace I was doing out there, gigs and things like that. There was no time for any of it. There was absolutely no time for that, even though I would look longingly at the mountains. Like it was always this, there was always this pull, you know, it was constantly, you know, throughout that. And finally, when I said, look, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to call it a day, I said, I'm going back out there. So the first. So when, when was this? When did you say I'm going back out there? Around 2016. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going back about 2016. I started to go back out there. And I remember the first time I stepped foot in the middle of nowhere. And I, you know, I, you know, I just shed a tear. It was so beautiful. I could, it was almost like, you know, it was almost like expanding with it, along with it, you know. And uh, I started to get back into making my own gear make men clothes. Uh, I got a, my wool blankets again, another bedroll. And uh, I went out and spent the night out there and all of that stuff started to come back. Yeah. All of those skills and stuff. You know, and what, what kind of feelings come with that? Because I can tell there's a passion here. So having been away from that and returning to it, what came with it for you on a, on a level inside you? I think it was the connection to people, a connection. Cause when I was playing music, I was kind of shut off. Interesting. I really shut myself off. You know, it was like, you know, be at the gig, play, uh, have a good, you know, somewhat good time. I'm not, you know, and, but I was shutting, I shut myself off from people. Right. I can definitely understand that there's something isolating about it. Yeah, yeah. Initially, though, isn't it interesting? It feels like a dichotomy that's flipped around. It feels like you think about the fast pace of the music industry and playing and gigs and people versus standing alone out, you know, in a desert in wilderness seems so isolating. But for you, it and and probably in a lot of folks' lives, it really is the flip of that, that it's mm -hmm. the people that you had in your life that was in that circle that lives in that realm that brings you joy too. Yeah. I, I've always felt that out there. I see, I see things clearer. Mm. They're much clearer. Mm. And there's also a connection with loved ones who, who passed. I always feel that with, I feel more connected out there with my loved ones uh, or friends of mine that have passed, you know, and uh, there's a huge, there's a, I don't know how to put it into words, but it, I've always felt surrounded out there. Hmm. Like I felt like, I felt I could perceive people who have come before who walked those paths. Those oh, wow. Yeah. 
No, you know, I can I, see they, that. There was, there was an interesting experience I had in, uh, uh, there's a canyon near Aravaipa. It's on the other side of Highway 77. Okay. And it used to be the main way that people came to Tucson from that neck of the woods. There was okay. no, at, at one time, there was no Oracle Road or Highway 77 going up there. Okay. Everybody, they either went uh, down the San Pedro towards Benson. And when they came, uh, when they came up from the fort that was there at the confluence of the Aravaipa and the, in the San Pedro, uh, they would take that back canyon there. And I was back there during the summer. It was about 115 degrees. Right. And these, and I had a, a vision of these two Apache women carrying baskets gathering. And they came up to me and said, the men are happy. And that was it. That's the last thing. It was the, the men are happy. <clears throat> And that, oh that happened in that canyon. It was, a, I think it was probably a vision, a spiritual thing or something. I don't know what you would call it, but the men are happy. These women in baskets came up. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's a little what bit a of a story. Yeah. And it's not the first time that it's happened. There have been like, um, in the Sierra Ancas or, uh, on the outskirts of the Sierra Ancas, I was camped there. It was a cold windy night just freezing and it was too dangerous to have a fire uh, you know i would have had i had a fire I'd probably set the place on fire and i don't do that you know yeah. there's, there's a wilderness ethic to this yeah you know? anywho um i'm laying there going to sleep and i wake up you know in the middle of the night and i'm like it's just icy and off in the trees there there's there's a the glow of a campfire <laughs> and it's and it's lighting up the trunks of the trees now you know when you're half asleep you're not gonna, you're not putting two and two together say hey it's a windy night nobody should be having a fire right see this thing and i and so it brought a great relief because it is lonely and it, it is terrifying to be on your own in the middle of nowhere hmm. you know it is i you know anybody that Anybody that uh, says it's not terrifying, they really haven't experienced that. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, that's what I would say. So I'm thinking, oh, what a comfort. I'll just go see them in the morning, say hi and introduce myself. And so I, you know, I, I go do my business, <laughs> get back in my blankets and fall fast asleep. Just kind of the, just the knowledge that, hey, there's somebody over there. Right. You. right. So I wake up in the morning and, uh, I walk over there and there's no sign of a fire. I mean, there's not even, the ground hasn't even been disturbed. You normally, if somebody put, even if they're like, they're practicing a no trace wilderness ethic on there, they, you know, where they scatter everything and you right. would see, you would see of, some evidence of it. Yeah. You would see where they buried their fire or whatever, scattered the rocks. There was none of that. It was just, just like, you know, there was nobody there absolutely nobody there and i'm thinking what is this you know i'm like it left me like it left me kind of jarred in a way yeah what a trip but also there's something kind of i don't know that's like 
like the peace that you had when you went back to sleep, having seen it, it's like that was a gift too, as well, mm-hmm. for you to wake up and see that. You know what I mean? So even though right. it's a little like, like you say, startling, the reality of it is, but the the essence of it kind of feels like it was a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's kind of I've come to see it that way. You know, there another time was when I was on a ridge line, and this time I didn't go very far in, and I'm laying there asleep, and all and it's raining out, and all night long there's a lamp near near where I park my truck. It's a big lamp, like a street lamp. I could see the glow of sodium, even to the point where, you know, where I could see the glow coming through the top of my canvas. I have a canvas bedroll that has a flap that comes over. Okay. So I had that over me, even to seeing the glow of that all night. And so I get up in the morning and I'm making coffee and I look over there and I go, wait a minute, there, there's no street light. There's no lamp there. What was that all about? Oh, God. You know, you could say, well, did you drink something before you went to bed? Did you give yourself a nightcap? You know, uh, no, it was nothing, not absolutely nothing. And and so those things have been kind of a constant theme in my wilderness experience, you know? That's uh, so interesting. It really yeah. is. I would wonder ultimately what to be made of that, but maybe that's disturbing. But the- I, think, I think that's when I bring up that point of connectedness, that the perceiving much more. You know, when we're about our day-to-day lives here, and you know, whether it's in the office or, we're, you know, we have a meeting or, we're, you know, we're on errands or something like that, we tend to get, we tend to focus on that and very little around us, you know. Yeah. And, and out there, uh, out there in the wilderness, especially here in Arizona, it's, I mean, there's, it seems to me that there's history on every foot of ground here in Arizona. Something went happened, something went down, somebody right. walked here and right. You know. It's a rich place. And you're helping me. Sometimes I I want out of here, at least in the summers, because I just have never made friends with the summer. Um, but you are refreshing and reminding me of the beauty of the state of Arizona. So where where did this lead to what I see in the photos and what's happening down. What what was the event that just happened uh, last weekend? Hell, that was, was Hell Dorado. Hell Dorado. Yeah. Which Hell Dorado, I'm ignorant of to the to to the history of, but I am familiar with it. What is Hell Dorado? Hell Dorado was a was a commemoration of Tombstone and and the shootout at OK Corral. Uh, it. It got started 92 years ago. Oh, my gosh. You know, I mean, the first Hell Dorado, there's footage of it. And a lot of those buildings are, were in shambles. You know, they're like they're having a parade. And on this side, of the, there's a the building, the roof collapsed in on it, you know. And so they've celebrated this history The you know, the slogan they use, the town too tough to die. And so every year is this huge celebration. And... You know, I st- my first Hell Dorado goes back to around 94. Okay. Uh, 
and I went there in my buckskins and I was camping down in the Dragoon Mountains there. So Mark and I have a stepbrother that owned a shop down there okay. in Tombstone for a time. And so we'd go see him and all of that. But that was my first experience at Hell Dorado. I mean, I already, I already knew the history of the OK, shoot out of the OK Corral and that. And that wasn't, you know, my thing was more of the frontiersmen, those guys, right. that, you know, that, that went out and, and were on their own. And that was the big thing. But as time went on now, I realized, you know, um, it does take a toll on your body, you know, um, staying out there and uh, surviving and stuff it takes a real toll on your body and I'm not getting any younger. So I decided, oh, let me go a little later time period, you know. And so 1870s, usually what Mark and I portray is somewhere between 1876 and 18, you know, 1880 through, the, through that time period. And um, as I went down there, uh, I get known as Tucson Tom is what it is. Tucson Tom, you know. And Tucson Tom, he actually sleeps out there, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, so I, I got to meet a lot of wonderful people from all over. And that's the beauty of Tombstones. It, Tombstone, oh, you get people from all over the world and they're like little kids, you know, even the grownups. And like I watched a, a dad with his wife and his kids there and he went into Bronco Traders there. He pulls out, he gets his first Victorian shirt and he can't take his eyes off it. He's standing there holding up on the corner right outside the Crystal Palace and just grinning, you know, like he's five years old again. And he puts it on. He puts it on, you know. Um, you get all kinds of great people down there from all walks of life down there. And, um, you know, they're all like, they're drawn to it. What do you think the draw, I was just getting ready to ask, what do you think the, the lure is? I think it's, I think it's the open spaces. You can, you know, uh, you have those that are into the movies, you know, the Western movies. And, you know, as you know, there've been a lot of good Western movies over the years. Very, uh, some that were, uh, you know, uh, how do you say this? Uh, blockbuster Western movies. That, right. You know, and then there were the the television series that, yeah. you know, and so they they come for all reasons. I see that all the time. They come for a myriad of reasons. Right. But I think it is the open spaces. I think it's that the idea of of an open sky. And friendships, mm. because you see that passed on, mm -hmm. you see people hugging, you see people shaking hands. Um you know, I think for some, it's a chance to relive their youth. Mm -hmm. I you hear know. that. You know? And even the, even the engaging the imagination in, um, in days gone by, you know what I mean? There's mm -hmm. a transporting that's happening and very much, you know, recreating life, but in a, in a, I don't want to say more vivid way, but in a more palpable way, I guess. Yeah. Cause the stuff yeah. that I see that you guys put out there and what, what are the origins? So like, is do you guys travel with a really awesome photographer? I mean, there's like the stuff that you guys have that is just so beautiful that 
where does that like like are you just in a setting because you hang out and then someone's snapping a picture well i'm snapping all the pictures oh you are yeah i'm snapping all of the pictures however this last one at Helderado, we had dan with dan guile with us, a gentleman named dan guile with us who was he was amazing photographer but our thing is is nothing yeah because i thought i saw you in some of the pictures yeah okay. Okay. I have one of those little clickers. Got it. Got it. Got it. Duh. All right. See, I'm so old school. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. And it's, it's mainly, I think the pictures come about as a way of, of, of a scrapbook. It's really the idea of a scrapbook, having a scrapbook to memor the, memorize these time, because there, there's going to be a time where you're not going to, we're not going to be able to get back out there. And you know, that's, that's always on the back of my mind. Mm. And so I wanted to be able to sit there and, and remember those faces, those friends, those good people and the, the food and the, the, the way the sun looked, the way the, the way the sun felt, the way, the, the way the wind blew and those comfortable victorian duds that we were wearing you know where we can you know for a time we can be really spiffy you know and uh the, the you know the it's it's some of it's abstract you know but that's what the that's what those pictures are about is a Gosh. way of keeping those memories you know i i i uh i'm so moved by them um I wish they were, I wish you guys could put it in a book or, or do, I mean, there's something just really special. I don't even know where I would go again with these kinds of conversations other than just hearing more because there's something here, Tommy. And like, it's different than what I might've expected you saying. Mm -hmm. There yeah. is some, you know what I mean? I feel like, um, you know, when we open the front door to a space, that is the likely way to enter a room. But I feel like what you're sharing is through the side windows and through the crack in the ceiling and the beams that have the open gape, you know, between the boards, that there's this peek into this from a different perspective. So how does Mark fit into all of that? Was he part of some of this while he was traveling back and forth. Cause I feel like he and I connected a little bit and I got a thumbnail that he would come and hang and visit, but that he was still in California until just recently. Yeah. Now how Mark entered this Mark, Mark, you know, he was living out there and uh, he was living in Upland. And, uh, and so I kept, you know, I kept, you know, hitting Mark, Hey Mark, come out, you know, now Mark, Mark had a reticence, you know, Mark, Mark had this reticence about dressing up and, and playing cowboy and stuff. There was a little bit of reticence, you know, and you know, the pace in Southern California, what it's like, you know? Yes. And so he's out there, he's working, he's busting his hind end out there and he's, you know, trying to stay afloat out there and, and he's just pulling his hair out. Yeah you know, constantly. It's yeah. And he's, he, he wouldn't have been alone. That's, that's many yeah. are in the same situation. You know, you know how it is and yeah. stuff, you know, and you know, you wish for everybody that they could have that moment where they just break away, decompress, 
and you know and and take a few moments to smell the roses or to to look at something beautiful to to recharge and to get back into whatever they're doing you know or 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 maybe maybe that it changes the direction they take in their lives it's a, it's a catalyst you know to you know maybe you know that uh i've always wanted to do such and such you know maybe that time away from the the hood is a catalyst that says you know what i'm going to change i'm going to take i'm going to have some courage here i'm going to take you know take that first step and move in a different direction and, it, and yeah. it, it's like it, it changes alters the course of their life you know mm -hmm. so uh mark came out around 2016 we got some rough duds for him to put on there and we went uh we went to a place called the overlook and it it's a it's a knoll uh, a hill that overlooks the entire san pedro valley facing the galliero mountains out there and you know and mark he you know he took right to it i mean that all of that stuff that he picked up from dad why well, is this gonna say yeah come flooding through oh my and those gosh. barriers came down oh wow those barriers came down now he's like oh my god i didn't realize this you know why didn't i join you uh 20 some years ago you know you know I, i'm kicking myself for not joining you 20 years ago and so he start, we started getting doing having him do more research into the clothing and and uh he started uh we started putting his outfit together tightening it up and he came out again and then again it was like four visits and then he realized that you know our you know most everybody's gone now our you know his family they've all passed on in california so he's out there by himself this is i go mark you got to get out here you got to get out here and you know and you need to change you know you need to change and uh and that's what he did you want to come in mark yeah Here, come on in mark us. hey terry there you are oh my goodness oh i just had to tighten up some uh some strings with the unemployment department out there in california yeah, I just started my new job today. Good for you. Where do I look? You look wherever is comfortable. Don't worry because we're not, I'm, I only use the sound, but I love the fact that I get to see you and I'm going to have you guys back. My goal after I, I've been toying with transitioning to including the video in some other format, but I'll have you back when we can see your beautiful faces. But I just use the sound right now. You're what? in Phoenix? I'm in Phoenix. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you take it up there. There's huh? So I don't know uh, how you take it up there. We were so Tommy time. and I were just talking. It's been, you know, for being a California girl, I'm, I'm, uh, I handle it decently, just because you know California's cray cray. But okay. I, um, we were just expressing. Tommy and I both got to Arizona approximately the same time, and we'll catch up on that later. But. Wow, so good to see you. And for those that are listening, good to see you you're, you're, you look just the same. Oh, get out of town. Yeah, you do. Get well, that's so sweet of you. So sweet. I was just refreshing the audience. At all. 
Well, you know, I think it's my native heritage that may prevent the wrinkles, but, um, <laughs> but other than that, because my mother, you would never know my mother was in her seventies. She looks like she's 50 some, but uh, people at our 10 year reunion that looked older. Yeah. Well, you know, you know? bless their hearts. Some of them lived to maybe yeah. put in a, well, yeah, put in some rough the, days. I'm not sure. now. All, all the wink, wink, wrinkles and the white hair is coming in now. <laughs> well, don't let my don't let my dye job fool you. There's some gray hair in there. But I was just sharing with Tommy that um, I didn't know. I know that I passed him on the campus and would probably have remembered him uh, in in areas that I saw him and looked at eyeball to eyeball. But I know that Carrie Drew. Oh, was yeah. so fond of you. Uh, she, I didn't know you well in high school, but I knew you had this loving spirit, a great smile, always warm with me. Um, but Carrie Drew, who was my good girlfriend and was in my first wedding, I mean, we still are friends. She always spoke so highly of you. Carrie so I, had, I felt like I knew you even more than I, than I did. Yeah, I feel, you know, Carrie and I went out, we caught up with each other years later. This was about maybe 10 years ago. We we went out. I think she thought I was, a you know, a loon after, you know, all my artwork and stuff like that. I think she, you know, I mean, she was cool, but I think she had some questions like a lot of other people do just because they, you know, they think your artwork's a little too oblique. Oh, yeah. well, not me. You're in my circle. And I would bet that Carrie probably didn't either. She's a great, she, she, she just was your, one of your biggest fans. I don't know that you knew that. She just adores oh, you. No, she told me and you know, yeah, she was, she was sweetest, happiest girl I'd ever know. She was just she was a, always just I a mean, ball of fun. But I yeah. was, as I was connecting with your brother and just learning about this and I'll have you on another time because I know we're clicking on the minutes, but um, cause I really am fascinated and I would love for my husband to meet you. You guys would just, you know, it, he, he would be thr thrilled to learn what you're doing, but how has this, Tommy was just saying that it, you, uh, reach the, in people's lives, mine included, though I'm hovering in that realm right now, there's a point where, um, sometimes you just need to jump and make a break and yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and life is not always the best supporter of life circumstances, I should say, isn't always the best supporter of that. But I think life itself is. So you've taken a jump. You left California and you're down uh, in Tucson now um, in a world that is, seems to be supporting what choice you made. Yeah, no, I know. It's been really I mean, I walked right into a little. They were messing around with some film in this little western town they built down here. And um, so this guy was trying out this. He wanted to get himself shot for this casting director. And he says, jump in the scene. And I did it. And they liked it so much. They invited me to, you know, to send me some forms to sign, you know. So I'm like, that's cool. That's and awesome. I, yeah. So I mean, you... I don't I don't have any, you know, illusions that I'm going to go on to do any real acting anything like that but it was still fun it's a great experience and you know when then these guys were really friendly down there and yeah i've met more people here than i knew back home i mean everybody kind of it petered away they you know everybody had just gone in separate directions everybody's either married <clears throat> and doing their own thing so i was left there by myself and i thought you know tommy's out here i gotta get out there i gotta 
I got to get that <clears throat> get out there and see him and spend the rest of my days out here. Just because when I started coming, I, like you know, he was doing this thing way before I'd ever entertained it. But yeah, then, he's uh, been sharing with me, and it's been it's really is quite fascinating. And I was just saying that some of the photographs that ha that that Tommy puts out and that depicts just the essence of what you guys live out in these experiences are just so mesmerizing to me. And I want to, um, to use them to advertise for this um, episode. And we, I don't know, I got to think of a way to like grab this even more than we are right now. And I will, I'll put my mind around it between the three of us, how we could give some more attention to it in a maybe even a documentary kind of style. I don't know. I might be, you know, taking off in a direction you're not interested in. But if you had something to say individually before we wrap up here about what living out this open, I'm going to call it open experience because it's out in the open what does it give you that makes you return do you want to go first mark and then tommy can close uh yeah it, it gives me back what we used to have when we were young when you you'd be able to go up into the hills up the mountains camp out and not get pushed away like you are now i mean back there you can't even park up on the hill and overlook the lights anymore True. Without some, you know, without some highway patrol or sheriff coming by telling you. So got true. To, you know, so coming out here, we could go out, you know, have a fire almost every, anywhere we wanted to. And, you know, we're not dummies. We're not going to be setting big sure. fires. Right. You know, we'll gauge by the wind and whether it's safe or not. But you're free to do that here, you know, and that's, you know, that's what I love about it so much. It was just there's more freedom. And it's about the only freedom we, you know, we're having left. Ah, no. yes, I know. I mean, that it seems like everywhere we turn, there is a new restriction and a new squelch on living. And I, I mean, that is probably a podcast in and of itself. But Tommy, why do, what does this offer you that calls you to return to it, to put on those clothes, to sit out in a fire, to wear those awesome hats, which I need to get myself one. I mean, they're amazing, <laughs> but what, what, uh, uh, and if I may invite myself down to visit you guys, just to have the experience. Oh, you know, you're, always, you're always, you and your oh, you're so sweet to me. Welcome. You've got to do it. I've got to do yeah. it. You'll dig my husband, Jonathan. Yeah. Um, uh, tell me what draws you to it. Uh, it's again, you know, I have to say this, but it's, it's to be able to touch the divine. You're going to make me cry, brother. No, I mean, to touch <laughs> the divine is what it's always been. Uh, even from the time I was a little boy was spending those quiet mom moments alone. And there's, there's something that speaks to you. And there's something that speaks to you out there. Mm. And um, there, there's a beauty that just there's a beauty in that's reflected. It's it's a reflection of something I think that's deeper. You know, I think it's deeper. But when you're out there, what draws you in is you're constantly bathing in it. Mm. Even though you you know, even though that you have you're out there in Mother Nature and and Mother Nature doesn't play favorites. You know, you have to be careful. But 
but more but the overriding draw is to to touch the divine that way out there that's that's what it's always been about yeah he's more enlightened i think (laughs) (laughs) well he's had these the, the experiences that he's telling me about you know wrapping himself up and being out in the middle of nowhere that it is kind of terrifying that kind of does uh pitch off a lot of things that we can put on ourselves you know we have to kind of strip down essentially i can't quite get my mind around it but i just want to say thank you to both of you um if you're open to come back coming back and and visiting and thinking of a way that we can i can and you along with your help uh explain and share i'm definitely going to put if you have any photos that you prefer that i use that would it might because there's just so many for me to choose from but i would love um hell dorado just sounds amazing and i'll talk about that a little bit but send them my way and as we wrap up here i just want to say thank you and mark you may have missed this at the beginning of the podcast i said you know i'm uh, go listen to my very first episode. It'll ex- explain why I'm here. But I had such a hard time starting this podcast and I did it for myself because it was really something that I I really wanted to do, but just stumbled over doing it. But one of the greatest gifts, because I love people, is getting a chance to celebrate other people. And so I definitely feel that I'm I'm blessed in getting to do that. But today has had a marker on it it is so cool that nothing else has touched yet and that is being able to let social media which you know we can love it and hate it um let social media gift me with this brushing off the dust of a of an old friendship and and looking at a brother that i didn't quite know back then either that after all these years and being able to connect and hear the stories I know I'm sounding like a bit of a guru, but it, I, I just feel that it's the top of the tops in terms of why I would ever want to do what it is I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I thank you so much for taking your time. Oh, and oh, well, um, I, I really, we enjoy, I just, I really enjoy this. And I'd like to, I would like, if you ever do that podcast where the tables are turned, I want to do that. I'm, I'm having you, I'll, I'll text you. <laughs> you guys can both be in it or one or doesn't matter, but I would love that. You're a great question asker. I was blown away by, I'm like, we're twins separated at birth. Cause you have, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm a pretty good question asker, but I mean, you had me um, absolutely. And I'll reach out to you, but don't go anywhere. I'm going to stop the recording here, but I just want to say a, uh, Uh, a warm goodbye to both of you. And then we will talk about how we can get you back on for the next one. Deal? Okay, don't go anywhere. Thank you. Hang on. Mark and Tommy were the inspiration for this series in great part. Um, I knew that this would be a great uh, Thanksgiving kind of theme that if I focused on the major things that I'm thankful for, categories, so to speak, It would be family, friends, creativity, and courage, things that truly resonate with me in this time of my life. And here these two brothers live that out. And I also feel blessed that I have this connection that came back after many years of being away uh, from them and our schooling. 
um, to be able to, to, to carry on and fill this familiar and family essence come to fruition from our time together. I can't wait to hang out with them. I can't wait to dip my toe into this world that they have immersed themselves in. And I, um, I can't wait to share more of them with you, which we will definitely do. I think that Tommy's going to come back and kind of turn the tables on me and do some um, question asking of me. I love the opportunity to let people sit in that seat and he's going to accept the offer. Uh, the family, friends, creativity and courage don't end there. The episodes that I have coming out ahead in the end, uh, towards the end of November are going to warm your heart and stir you. And I anticipate you will be thinking about the things in your life that you are thankful for. So you guys are, uh, appreciated. Um, I, you are, my audience, and I am thankful for you this November as we focus on those things that we call dear in our worlds. Thank you for taking this journey with me and um, go get yourself some uh, cowboy boots and a hat and kick the dust around in the desert. See how that feels. Until next week. Bye. <laughs>